0: Okay. Cool. I think uh, maybe there's a big then? delay. Oh. Opening authenticator. Sorry. I think, think there's I a big think... delay. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, we'll just have, we can battle through. We'll be all right. Wait, hang on. So I'm going to say something. I want you to immediately reply. Um, okay. What's five plus five? Ten. What's one plus two? Three. That took a while.
2: That took ages. <laughs> it did. That's I'm saying. One plus one? Two. You have a four second delay.
0: Yeah, that's pretty bad. Mm. But maybe it's gone back to normal. Ask me a question. Has it gone back to normal? I think so. Uh, what's your name? Alex. What's your name? Alex. That's about two seconds. What's your name? Alex. Um. How? What? What's five plus five? Ten. That's still a second or so, I think. Well, because I was thinking again. Alright. <laughs> um. Say something. Alex. Say something. Ah. Say something. Ah. It's no, it's not too bad. That's about a second. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, five, six. <laughs> Sorry, I got confused. Go again. One, <laughs> two, three, four, five, five, five six. <laughs> again, again. <laughs> One, two, three,
1: four, five, six. Seven. Eight. Nine. Ten. Yeah, I think it's okay. I think it's a normal delay. I think we
2: can Okay. <laughs> okay. Shall we start?
1: <laughs> yeah, let's start. You absolute maniac. <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Two friends just made a podcast. Two good friends just made a podcast. Two friends just made a podcast.
3: It's called-
1: All right, everyone. Hi, welcome to Culture Bucket Podcast. You are listening to the hottest, freshest, most Delicious and juicy podcast that's ever hit your ears. Uh, this is episode number twenty six, and today we're getting salty, we're getting sweet, we're getting licoricey. We are entering the world of food to discuss our favorite food on screen. I'm your host George, and with me is your other host Alex.
2: Hi George. Hi everyone. Hi Alex. <laughs> What's that face?
1: What face? You um, did
2: such a disappointed face.
1: No, it's not disappointed. It's fine.
2: <laughs> are you sure? You're like...
1: Yeah, positive. How okay. are you today?
2: I am great. How are you today, George?
1: I'm good. It's um, Sunday, March the 7th. Yeah.
2: Is it the 7th today? March the
1: 7th. March the seventh on the day and recording the UK. Tomorrow is March the eighth. The big return of schools in the UK when we're as we're beginning our roadmap out of lockdown.
0: Yeah, which is
1: exciting. So by yeah. the time you hear this, who knows what what stage we'll be at? <laughs> who, be knows? Yeah.
2: who knows? Yeah, we are. Um, we have just closed the schools in Italy.
1: Uh right, yeah, that sounds about right.
2: <laughs> so it's just the opposite.
1: Well, you better sort it out because people in England want to go to Italy on their summer holidays this year.
2: Yeah, but they can't.
1: <laughs> well, they want to. England is getting ready to... England's getting all excited about the prospect of going on summer holidays without really thinking about the fact that other countries might not be ready. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It's it's an incredible thing because people will book their their holidays and then they'll have to cancel them and they want refunds. But the the, the refund policy is really hard now, so... Not hard. Strict. Are you enjoying that cold beverage that you, uh, you really mess up my audio when I, uh, when I try to oh, it's it's a metal. It's a metal cup with yeah, a metal straw. Yeah, yeah. So re- in recent, I think it's a new cup. And in recent editing moments, I hear... <laughs> and then it's like, ah, shall I take it off? And I just don't bother because there are too many. Where's your right. water bottle? Well my using... water
1: bottle makes my water bottle makes a noise like a bird. Can you the, hear it's... this?
2: No, because you're away from the from the microphone. Yeah, no now that... I can't hear anything.
1: I think Fair I enough. think the I think the is worse. Alright, sorry. <laughs> It's a cool metal cup with a metal straw. I drink Vimto like a boss.
2: Absolutely, but it's my editing (coughs) nightmare.
1: Sorry, I apologise. It's fine. It adds (laughs) adds
2: to the front room uh, feel that we're trying to achieve with this. Yeah, just
1: a couple of mates with a couple of um, delicious Vimtos. Have you got Vimto in your cup? Yeah, yeah.
2: I've never had Vimto.
1: You've never had Vimto? No. It was invented in Manchester, greatest city in the world. So I oh, like you.
2: it. You'll have to send me some.
1: Uh okay. You did live in England for a long time. It was it was readily you can you get it in down south? It's not just available in Manchester, surely. No,
2: no, like I know what it is, I've seen it, but I've only seen drink uh, kids drink it.
1: Um, no, it's delicious for all ages. Anyone can schlurple <laughs> the
0: purple. Sorry,
1: on the purple. Yeah, that yeah. was the uh, that was the Vimto advertising. So.
2: Oh, okay. I thought you just made something incredible up, but you didn't. no, no,
1: no, no. Some some genius uh in the nineties invented that one. Purple Ronnie, I think that was the guy that uh in the Vimto adverts. And anyway... we were gonna
2: slurp on his purple. That's a little bit
1: inappropriate, isn't it? Well, it is when you change what it is and <laughs> say it differently like that. Um. <laughs> So, we've got Culture Catch-Up to do, then we've got homework Yeah. based on... uh, It was a free homework last week, so that would be interesting. And then we've got our top five food on screen. Plenty to get through. Let's get started with Culture Catch-Up Time. Now. Now, yeah.
3: This is Culture Catch-Up Time. This is where we talk about what we've watched, what we've read,
2: what we've listened to, and probably some other stuff. Culture Catch-Up Time.
1: Uh, so, uh, it wasn't too much of an eventful week for me, culture-wise. I've not got loads of stuff to talk about, which, but that's okay. Starting yeah. with, um, I watched the latest Walt Disney animated uh, studios movie that hit Disney Plus at the weekend, Raya and the Last Dragon.
2: Yeah, I want to see that.
1: Yeah, it's um, similar to the live-action Mulan film, they have done a premiere access thing where you have to pay to access it. So I split the cost again with a friend and watched it. Um, And it's one of the rare um, Disney movies where there's no songs. It's not a musical at all. Mm. Um, It's just like an action animation film. Um, A bit like, I guess, Zootopia is a recent example of that. Or Big Hero 6 even is Mm. like that. Um, But it it does feature the latest Disney princess, Raya. Okay. Um, yeah, voiced by Kelly Marie Tran, who people might knows, know from uh, the Star Wars movies. She played Rose. And Orquafina um, voices The Last Dragon. Who? Orquafina, you talked about her last week.
2: Ah, okay, sorry, sorry. Yes.
1: Uh, she voices c The Last Dragon. Um, it's based on Southeast Asian folklore. So, sort of Thailand, that region of the world. Mm. Um, but it's set in a fictional, a fictional world called uh, Kandera, I think. Let me look it up. Set in the fictional world of Kumandra, Um where these various tribes all live along this huge river. The, the, the centre of the world is basically this enormous river that's in the shape of a dragon. Mm. And um, sometime in the past before the film starts, the world was united as one. Then this big bad thing happened and the world split into various sections that name themselves after which part of the Dragon River they're along. So there's the Heart Kingdom, the Fang Kingdom, the Spine Kingdom, the Tail Kingdom. Uh, I think there's one more as well. The Talon, maybe. Talon's Kingdom. Mm. Um, And they all are sort of at war a bit at the start of the movie. Something happens that sort of, again, creates this world-ending event that leads to um, Rhea the Disney princess kind of being ended up orphaned on her own like so many uh, Disney characters before her. And Mm. it is her mission to find the last dragon, reunite the world, and save it from the darkness that is spreading across it. Um, And in doing so, she finds the last dragon early on and teams up with it and stuff. It's a good film. I really enjoyed it. I would recommend it quite a lot. It's not going to be in my top five Disney movies probably, but um, mm. it's cool to see an area of the world that maybe hasn't really been represented in Disney before. Yeah. Um. Given, given some love, and they give it a lot of love. Like the highlight of the movie is definitely like the art design and the world design, and the amazing. setting is is amazing. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's really cool. So I would recommend Ray and the Last Dragon* pretty heavily. Um, I definitely think you'd like it. I think you'd dig it. It's um, you know, it's all the kind of worlds yeah. that you enjoy. Um, yeah the of the world that you like and stuff so and akafina uh, is amazing as the voice of uh, save the last dragon
2: she is amazing like yeah, i, yeah, yeah. I cuz i don't know i don't know what her story is but this first time i watched or her career path what well, i i don't know what her career is but the first time i watched her like i, I know her has a comedy character and i saw her in crazy crazy rich Asians and she's hilarious in it and then in The Farewell, which I thought she was amazing and she didn't even seem like the same person. So I think, you know, she's um she's great. She's amazing. Yeah.
1: She started off as a comedian slash rapper.
2: How did she?
1: Yeah, yeah. She's got like an, an EP, I think, on Spotify. She's done some she's got some music out there for sure. Her big song early on was a song called My Vag. And we I won't go into any more details. <laughs> Um, but no, she's good. I like her. She's a good uh, good person. She's good in the Ray and the Last Dragon. So that was that. That was cool. Um, then I watched a movie from 2004.
0: Uh, you might have seen this film called The Girl Next Door. I don't know. It's a,
1: it's a coming-of-age film uh like a high school American comedy starring Emile Hirsch as a kid who's about to go to prom and graduate from high school and stuff. And a new girl moves in next door to his house, played by Alicia Cuthbert.
2: Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen this film.
1: Yeah, and they uh they start going out and then he finds out that she is a adult film actress. Yeah. Yeah. Um I'd never seen it before but I'd always heard about it. And I got um I, I it, outside of anything that matters in the podcast, but I got I got in a bad mood the other day due to uh, some other work related reasons and needed something really simple to sort of relax me. So I was like, oh, but I'll watch that movie. I've never seen that before. Um, so yeah, it's yeah, Emile Hirsch plays this kid who uh, starts going out with Alicia Cuthbert, finds out that she's an adult film actress and sort of struggles to deal with that, which is you know understandable because it would be quite a big <laughs> surprise. Um, and then people from her past sort of start to interfere in their relationship and try to drag her back to um, her old career, whereas he wants to sort of help her, you know, mm. do what she wants to do kind of thing. Um, apparently when it came out, it was really, really slated. It didn't do very well. Um, famous American film critic Roger Ebert described it as a nasty piece of business. Because um, I'm, I'm forever looking at movies. And seeing that Roger Ebert had some moral issue with them, but um, people seem to love him as like a film critic. I've always found him a bit seems a bit sort of moralizing to me. But um, but yeah, it it's it it should just be. I actually tried to watch before I watched the girl next door. I put on a movie that's on Disney Plus called I Love You, Beth Cooper. Have you heard of that at all?
2: Yeah, I've seen it as well.
1: Oh, have you? It stars mm-hmm. Paul Rust, the guy yeah. from uh, Love. Yeah. Um. Playing uh, playing a high, again a high school senior in America, so should be about eighteen, and he mm. looks about thirty six in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, and Hayden Panettiere from Heroes plays love interest in that. Yeah. I found that to be too bad. I turned it off. It was it was awful.
2: That's a pretty bad. Really,
1: film. Really, really awful. Which is why I put on the Girl Next Door instead. And the Girl Next Door easily could have been a really bad film. Like it's got a, a premise that could easily be quite trashy. Mm. But it treats it with enough, like it doesn't really judge her too much for the, for that being in her past. It's just it presents it as a fact and stuff, mm. um, which I kind of appreciate. It seems a bit ahead of its time almost for sort of not judging her, maybe judging the industry a bit, but not judging her specifically so much, mm. um, which I, I liked. And it's got this really weird cast where you've got Alicia Cuthbert, who I was a big fan of when I was growing up. You've got Emile Hirsch, who's this awesome very yeah. interesting character actor. Um. Yeah. And then one of his friends in it is played by Paul Dano, who's in like There Will Be Blood, Little mm. Miss Sunshine. <clears throat> like, has become this really unusual character actor as well, and is in this, just playing like the high school best friend. Like it's got this cast that are kind of better than the the film deserves in a way, and they really elevate it. And especially. The sort of villain of the film, the producer that comes in to kind of cause a load of problems, is played by Timothy Olyphant, who I love. I was so excited when he turns up and he's got this mad hair in it and he just looks it's just classic Timothy Olyphant. And he he's the bad guy, but he's always smiling and it's so good. He's great in this movie. So I really liked The Girl Next Door. I I thought it was brilliant. What do you think of it? You've seen it
2: yeah I've seen it a very long time ago, so I don't yeah, I really remember exactly what happens, but uh i I seem to have enjoyed i i i remember that I think it was good, like I enjoyed yeah. it because yeah, it's funny it's kind of, really i kind funny of I kind of like those kind of films and uh yeah,
1: you do yeah yeah
2: <laughs> yeah I do yeah so but um is it is it on Disney plus
1: No, I watched it on prime video.: Oh oh Maybe. you might it get something it on there.
2: to watch again.
1: Yeah, I definitely recommend going back to it. I thought it it held it held up really well. It's good. Good film. Uh then the last movie, I only watched three movies this week. The last one was um I spoke a few weeks ago about the two early 2000s horror slasher film Wrong Turn. Mm. Um this week I watched the reboot, not a remake, more of a reboot, um which is also called Wrong Turn, but it's from twenty twenty one rather than <laughs> two thousand and one. Um and the original Wrong Turn, I thought, was awful. I think I mentioned how much I didn't like it. I really hated it. And it was about uh, kids that get lost in the woods and attacked by sort of um, cannibalistic hillbillies, I suppose you'd call them. This one is trying to capital. This new film has got the similar setup: teenagers getting lost in the woods, but it's trying to capitalise on the kind of popularity of films like Midsummer, like the folk horror genre that's kind of mm. big at the moment. <clears throat> mm. So instead of looking like kind of cannibalistic hillbilly farmers and the bad guys in this all wear sort of fur cloaks and have animal schools for masks and stuff. Yet they're still out in the backwoods of America, which is an odd, like, it doesn't quite fit the idea that in the backwoods of America would be this tribal group of people that look like they're from Norway as opposed mm. to the middle of America, which is odd. And it's the whole film feels a bit like that. It feels like they've, that, that's what they want Nocetic to be, but they haven't wanted to do the work in terms of, finding a reason for that to be the case if you see what mm. i mean they just are um yeah. it's not a brilliant movie but it's much better than the original in my opinion it it kind of has a bit more of an interesting plot it's definitely too long it's like an hour and 50 minutes long and it shouldn't be any more than an hour and a half but mm. it's partly because it kind of reaches what would be the traditional like climax for a film like this and then it carries on for about 20 minutes and that's probably the best stuff in the film because it keeps on twisting itself into different like. Mad plot twists and and it kind of gets more and more outrageous and interesting and that stuff's really good. But there's probably about half an hour at the start of kids just wandering around in a forest that could easily be be trimmed from it and mm. it'd be fine. But um, if you like folk horror films, um, you know, for example, Midsummer, Wicker Man, more recent movies like maybe The Ritual, which is on Netflix. If you like that kind of thing, you probably will get something out of out of the new Wrong Turn movie. So I'd recommend people give that a go. Um, other than that, I've a couple of music things to talk about. The Architects album I mentioned last week. I've listened to that a bunch more this week, and, and it's really, really good. Uh, it's called For Those That Wish To Exist. And it just got the number one album in the UK, uh, Architects. That's their first number one album. And also, it's pretty rare to see a metal album or heavy rock album go to number one in the UK. So uh, it's pretty good. I'm pretty, I think that's a pretty cool thing, and I'd recommend people check check out that album. It's, uh, it's a good one and then after our discussions last week i also listened to a bunch of blackpink this week
2: yeah baby
1: yeah um annoy me in terms of that album that's called the album is 25 minutes long and it's it should be longer but oh uh, yeah. yeah yeah but it's a lot of fun i like them uh, so thank you for putting me onto to blackpink
2: <laughs> i'm obsessed like i i listen to them every day I'm I remember ages like, ago,
1: you mentioned that you didn't really like them.
2: Yeah. And then, and then I, I watched um, the documentary, which, uh, which is called, on Netflix, the Blackpink documentary. Yeah. Um, and Because uh, I listened to the album, and I really like the song Lovesick Girls. and I
1: still okay. love it. It's my favorite. That's a good song, yeah.
2: And love I think, like, for example, like, like I said with Big Bang, I never got into them until I went to their gig. Uh, they're gig, yeah. they're not gig, they're concert in a stadium. And I got into them really kind of obsessively after seeing them. And the same with Blackpink, like after watching the documentary and kind of figuring out who they are and the work that goes behind their music and um, watching Coachella, which I think they were really great. And they could like do something a little bit different, not so um, uh, military and regimented as they would do in... Japan or Korea, because oh right, they
1: kind of do something a bit different for Korea. Well,
2: they're a little bit less. Um, it's a bit more. Yeah, it's looser because you know. Um, if you go to a a concert in Japan, people uh just hold like, so it it is um it is kind of like a thing to um at a concert you buy this little lantern. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, and this little lantern will have the logo of the artists you're seeing. So when I went to see Big Bang, which is this Korean uh, mega band, um, mm. K-pop band, uh, I bought this thing and everybody does the same gestures, you know, uh, depending on the song. And so it's kind of like, you know, and they do. That the band or the group does their job really well and does the dancing and nothing goes wrong and is very choreographed and well. But in Coachella, yeah. you had like loose a looser crowd and they seemed a little bit looser as well, like not as regimented. And so after, but yeah, after watching the the documentary Coachella and just like I don't know, I got obsessed and I <laughs> loved them. But I didn't say I didn't like the album. I said it was just like just a, a k-pop album that it didn't seem as good as a, it could have been and i think yeah, they're better no, live
1: fair. fair that's fair yeah. uh, does the documentary have much live footage in it or is it uh, there is mainly? a bit
2: yeah yeah but okay. also it shows i i learned a lot from the documentary actually because it shows um like for example they train like i knew they trained so they train before they get released into the wild. <laughs> <laughs> before, <Yeah. laughs> before they debut uh, these um, girls or boys train for years so for example um, the, one of them trained for like nine years before she got, she debuted and so they, they go to this place where they do dancing and schooling and singing lessons in fact they're, they're all really good singers mm. and uh, then they decide which bands, which girls and which boys work well together and then they create ba- bands and that's, and it shows, and the interesting thing is, uh, it's uh, the K-pop industry, what this pop industry is really hard work for the artists, but usually the artists are like, ah, oh, it's fine, you know, we work hard, but in the documentary, they're like, oh, we're tired, like, <laughs> we're very tired, we, we work really hard, and um, and they talk about her mental health, and that's really interesting to do that because I've never seen any other K-pop band that would be so open to um, uh, actually be truthful to their audience. But um, because they're so good at ticking all the boxes, they know what maybe the West is looking for, you know, more personal um, struggle, you know, because we're more open to that while in the East. I'm not generalizing, but it's it's like that. This is... You know, you, you you just work and you do your duty and you do your thing without talking about your personal struggle because that's your duty. Uh, I feel yeah, like maybe yeah. to be more appealing to the West, they've decided to make them more real, which is good mm, because mm. they work like machines. Like yeah. they work really, yeah. really hard. And if you if you watch a documentary, it's really interesting. Not very long on Netflix. You actually see them just going, "Oh my god, I'm so tired." Well. well <laughs>
1: I mean, I've enjoyed the music, so I think I'll probably check out the, uh, yeah. the documentary, which is surprising because I think K-pop is a load of nonsense. <laughs> generally,
2: yeah, but unless unless you find a band that you really like, you know, we have yeah. friends that are obsessed with K-pop, but they're not obsessed with oh, all yeah, of the K-pop. Yeah. They're obsessed with one band or one artist, and yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, and so you have to get your niche of artists, and then yeah, because uh,
1: always it was always Big Bang, and I just don't like them at all.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, and the girls one when, when I when we were living in Japan, the girl band that people liked were was it Girls Generation?
2: Girls Generation, yeah.
1: And they were rubbish.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I did not care. But like if you like
2: people. if you I've you've you've listened to Twenty One, no? I introduced you to Twenty One.
1: Yeah, I wasn't a fan of that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I think you Sorry. need to find your your niche. No, no. For example, I I like Big Bang Twenty One, and now I like Black Pink, but I don't really. I'm not into any others, but I think it's normal because they're not not, not BTS. They're... Oh no.
1: Um. Okay, so that was music. The only thing left for me to talk about is is TV. Um. And thanks to Disney, uh, plus adding Star to its catalog, I have watched the entire first season of Twenty Four this week.
2: <laughs> Amazing.
1: Mm, have you ever seen any Twenty Four, Alex?
2: I I think I've seen like a couple of episodes but I wasn't for me.
1: No. It's very no. tense. Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> um when I was growing up 24 was just about my favorite one of my favorite things uh I mm. was obsessed with the TV show when I was growing up because it started in 2001 so I'd have been oh what 13ish about 13 Uh, And it was peak like action movie love for me, peak Bond, James Bond love. And then this TV show that had like every week was like a mini action movie um, was just my dream thing. So I I used to love it. We all would watch it as a family. It ran for eight seasons and then an extra mini season uh, and like a, a TV movie as well. They did of it. And I watched all of it and just loved it, was obsessed with it. I was obsessed with Kiefer Sutherland as Jack Bauer, thought that Jack Bauer was the coolest character ever, brought a bag specifically because it looked a bit like the bag that he had in one of the seasons, Uh, Mm. and I wanted Jack Bauer's bag, so I had this, like, over-the-shoulder sort of carrier bag that I didn't even keep anything in. I just, like, took to college with me because it looked like Jack Bauer's bag. Like, I was (laughs) in deep. Um, And then I haven't watched it in years, so... um, when they added it to Disney Plus, similar to Buffy, I was a bit like, oh, that's a comforting thing that I I liked when I was younger. I'll, I'll check that out again. And it's just so addictive. I just got so into it this week and watched, I think on Friday, I watched about five episodes in a row to finish the season and just got through it all. And it's so, so it's so good. I love it so much. It's just, it's got the perfect mix of like, Mad action movie stuff mixed with like character building um, that you really like. You really kind of fall in love with some of the characters in it, um, and then they kill them off quite often. It was like Game of Thrones before Game of Thrones, where like every season there'd be at least one or two characters that would die, they get killed off that you'd grown to love over the past like three or four seasons, and then just the central conceit of um, Do you know what the central like hook of the idea of the show is?
2: Well, like one one episode is one hour. Yeah, 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 and, and in twenty four hours he has to save the world. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah.
1: So, so yeah, that would be that would be the end of my culture catch up.
2: Cool beans,
0: it's
2: my turn. Well, have you have you not watched the last episode of Wonder Vision?
1: Oh, I have. Have you?
2: Yeah.
1: All right, let's okay. talk about what, it want... first, so it could All be right, like
2: okay. your culture catch up blends in my culture catch up because we're catching up on some cultures together. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, have you watched the last episode of One Division?
1: hmm I have watched the last episode of One Division. Yes. What did you think of it? And let's let's go spoilers. Um, skip ahead if you don't want to be spoiled on One Division. Yeah, skip it ahead. It's been out for a few weeks by the time this comes out.
2: Yeah, so skip ahead if you haven't watched it and uh you don't want to be spoiled. Yeah. Well, um so I was I it, it it was painful for me to watch. I yeah. was sad. <laughs> painful in the sense of feelings, it hurt my feelings. I felt it was really it was a good ending. I yeah. feel um Like, I was really confused because I think I think I don't know I think because I'm not as um, I thought she already knew she was the Scarlet Witch. No, but she didn't. The only reason I thought she knew she was the Scarlet Witch was because she she had the Scarlet Witch costume at the Halloween party, and for some reason I had forgotten
1: that she didn't know. Yeah, I think that was meant to be a bit of a an Thank Easter you- egg or a subconscious nod to it, rather than.
2: Yeah, but I, I was really, I was really, really weirded out. And then when that happened, I was like, "Oh, it's just because I think I think I live in a world where I I just like I, I'm surprised at things." But okay, so never mind. <laughs> um, no, I um, I thought it was really good, and I really liked uh, the witch. What's her name?
1: I give her Harkness.
2: Yes, I thought that was that was interesting, and uh, how more powerful um, Wonder got. Uh, throughout the episode so the more she yeah. realized that she was a witch the more she she kind of like then became natural to her and she became really powerful like the way mm. she tricks her at the end
1: was that was really cool with the amazing because yep. you
2: don't you don't i don't know because i wasn't i was i was expecting something to happen as you know maybe the power was too strong for the other witch so um she would ex- you know, implode. You know, That's, that that oh, was yeah, my yeah, thought yeah. because I knew something was going to happen because, of course, Wonder yeah. wasn't going to die. Yeah. But then, when the when the keys came on, I was like, "Oh my god!" I didn't even ima- I couldn't I didn't I couldn't have imagined that <laughs> for some reason because it's such a small part in episode eight. Yeah.
1: No, it was uh, really cool. She... It was clever.
2: Yeah, really clever because the 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 keys. What are they called? Keys.
1: Runes. The
2: runes. <laughs> the keys. Um, the runes were like I think oh are they episode seven or episode eight? Were just introduced, but that was it. It's like well those are runes, Sayonara. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. and then she no, put them. Good. Yeah, it was it was really good, really clever. Uh, mm. When it ended, I was crying. I was really sad when it ended.
1: Fair. Did you watch the post credit sequences? Yeah. Both of them.
0: I didn't. I didn't understand
2: the last one.
1: Well, that was her. I think she was meant to be in when she's in the shed or in the, yeah. in the cabin.
2: In the cabin, yeah.
1: Well, she was reading the dark hold in that scene, which is a book of dark magic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Apparently she... created. Go on. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Well, apparently created by uh, a elder god or something called Chthon, who mm. apparently. She's in uh, her birthplace in Sokovia in that scene. Mm. And the mountain behind her in the comics is where this elder god lives. So that's kind of a hint at something, apparently. And the Doctor Strange theme is playing over it. So that's kind of the start of linking her into Doctor Strange's next movie. Um, and I'm sure yeah, you can hear the voices yeah. of her children, can't you? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah, but... I. I-
2: I th- yeah, but she's having a cup of coffee, and then there's another her as the Scarlet Witch reading the book.
1: Yeah, she's like astral projecting her her spirit. Okay, I guess. so okay, yeah. so
2: that's the only thing I didn't understand. I was like, why, why, what, what is this? Why yeah, some sort of uh,
1: like astral projection?
2: Ah, okay, okay. And the like. one before was um, uh, was uh. I want to say Captain bono, but it's not Captain bono was it? What's the name? Captain Rambo.
1: <laughs> Monica Rambo.
2: <laughs> Captain Boner. Monica Rambo uh, gets uh, called uh, somewhere up in the sky, in the space. So that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, also yeah. the so fact think... that she is she going to be a superhero because she... her DNA has changed.
1: Yeah, so in the comics, she's a superhero. She has different names. She's being called Captain Marvel at one point um, and Photon and a couple of other things. So she'll become, yeah, probably quite an important character. I think that cool. was setting up either they're doing a Secret Wars TV show, which is a comic book series that was all to do with the scrolls, shape, shifting, and I think pretending to be different superheroes, mm. uh, or, or Captain Marvel 2. It was setting up one of those two things, I think. Um,
2: uh-huh. And it also links in
1: with a scene you won't have seen because it's in the post credits of uh, the last Spider Man movie.
2: Oh, which I'm gonna watch. Don't worry, I'm cool. gonna watch it.
1: Um, I was a bit more down on the finale of One Division. I think overall, uh, than you were. Why? I didn't find it very emotional because, a. The, you've got the two visions, haven't you?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: you got the vision she's made and the original vision, who's the white yeah. vision. The white vision seems to get convinced and remember who he is and becomes mm. the original vision again, but then just flies out of the TV show so that she can have this big emotional goodbye with the vision that she's made.
3: Mm.
1: But it didn't ring true to me because I was just like, but the vision is still exists. What's happened to that one? Like, Isn't that still going to be in love with Wanda as well? And she'll love that vision just as much as... Do, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I was a bit like, I don't quite understand that. And then I sort of knew that her children are really important characters and that the chances of them actually never being in it again are pretty much zero. So when there's that big emotional goodbye to them, I was a bit like, well, they're just gonna bring them back at some point. So it doesn't really matter. That's how I sort of read it, if you see that. Okay. What I mean.
2: But think about it, like it 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 wasn't it's not a goodbye, it's a see you later. Yeah, but yeah, have yeah, you ever yeah, had yeah, a moment yeah. where you're not going to see your family for a while and you say goodbye to them and you're actually sad because you're not going to spend the re- more, more time with them?
1: Yeah, sure. But and also... you know, and the
2: person that you've created. Like, I don't know. I felt like it was genuine, like, amazing acting from Wonder and Vision.
1: Oh, yeah, no, good acting. And the w- wrapping up like, her yeah. story was good.
2: And I thought it was really lovely. And the fact that, yeah, she's not going to see them, but she's not going to see them for a while. And that's still sad, isn't it?
1: Maybe, but why isn't she going to see the White Vision for a while? Like his story just wasn't. He just flew out of the show. He just flew right out of the episode. It didn't make Mm. much sense to me. I wasn't. It wasn't clear why. um, What he just kind of goes, "I am the Vision," and he just disappears from the show. They didn't make it clear like what he went off to do, why he was leaving. But the bigger issues for me were like I I didn't like Evan Peters being ending up being nothing. uh, The guy who was playing Pietro or Quicksilver. Um casting the guy from the Fox movies as that in that role and then having it seemingly be that he was just a resident of Westview without any link to X-Men felt like a bit of a sort of
0: But you don't know tw- that.
1: Well, I, uh, currently that's what it is.
2: Yeah, yeah, currently, but you 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 oh, you have I, I'm I was excited because you told you told me there's so many things are gonna come from this, then maybe something is gonna come from this. Like Maybe in example, the future, but all, I can only yeah.
1: judge. I can only judge that episode of One Division on what they've shown us so far, and what they've shown us so far, they seem to confirm that he was just Ralph Boner, just some person who lived in Westview. In the future, if they link it back in with X Men, that'd be interesting, cool. But if if that's all we're ever going to get from Evan Peters, and they just had him in there just to do a bit of a twist for the fans, that kind of irritates me. I wasn't really into that very much, um, and. I just, I didn't, I felt like this, I really liked the season overall. I was a big fan of Division overall, but I much preferred the early episodes where it was really strange and in the sitcom world, you didn't quite know what was going on. And as it became more and more an MCU thing and less and less a weird sort of Twin Peaksy strange, surreal world thing it just got a bit blander and less interesting for me. So I liked WandaVision overall. I really, really liked it and had a good time with it. But the finale for me was a bit too by the numbers and not... I was expecting kind of more interesting stuff to happen.
2: Mm.
1: Was my take on it.
2: No, I liked it. I thought it was good. Because also I feel like the witch, you know, Wanda said that she's going to visit the witch again. So I wonder if both of them being in Westview... um, her brother and the witch mm. might may, might be something.
1: Yeah. But yeah, hopefully in the future, I'd, I'd like them to go back to it and do more stuff with those characters. Um, yeah. And I just thought, like, I don't know, it just felt rushed to me. There were loads of hanging story feds that they could have wrapped up. And I really didn't like the episode before it, where it was full of flashbacks. And I felt like I'd have rather them not have done that episode and spent more time with the finale. Um Aww. And
2: Mm. yes, well, I guess the finale could have been longer. I think they could have done ten episodes. Yeah, Um, I think the finale could have been two episodes, or like you said, like a longer episode. Um, But I, I don't know. I, 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 I was left very emotional by it. I don't know why. It's just because.
1: No, no. I've seen loads of people saying they found it really emotional. I know that I'm the outlier. I just didn't.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting.
1: Yeah, interesting. So what else did you do this week? Uh,
2: not much. I watched Rando Vision, which I thought was really good. And also I wanted to talk about the Blackpink documentary, but I already spoke about it with you. So I think that's something that you should watch. Cool,
1: um,
2: Yeah. Uh Yeah. So um, I read uh, The Testament by Margaret Atwood. Okay. Um yeah, funny to read that. And uh this is the the book after uh the it's really the bad because like the yeah, the handmaid's tale, because the the Korean film is called The Handmaiden. And yeah. I always I always get them confused, but yeah, uh, it's the book after the handmaid's tale. Yeah. Uh, the Handmaid's Tale was written in nineteen eighty five mm. and this uh, w- w- uh Came out two years ago in two thousand nineteen, so it took quite yeah. a while yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for it to finish. And um, so this is the the this part of the book is um, the story of the fall of uh, uh, Gilead. Okay. Uh, so the first one is about uh, Gilead and about, and about uh, the Handmaids, uh, who they are, which were just like baby baby machines for this like this. Uh, place called Gilead and um in in a place where uh there are um in a very strict place actually Gilead is a place where uh, you have to pray and well you can pray anyway.
1: Well it's like America's been taken over by a fundamentalist Christian terrorist yeah. organization essentially
2: yeah exactly. And so uh and that was really interesting and it, it ended with one of the uh handmade c okay, really, I'm really, I've a i have want to I want to say the handmaidens, but no, one know, of the handmaids. No, I know, I have the same I'm, thing. It's so hard. One of the handmaids, <laughs> uh, fleeing uh Gilead and going into Canada, and uh, and this one is about it. T- it's got three different uh, narrators, uh, and yep. one of them is Aunt Lydia, which is uh, uh one of the like um, well, she's one of the bad guys in. Uh, in The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. And, uh, but in this one, you kind of, like, uh, understand more her story and who she was before Gilead was founded and how she got to the top. And then Mm. one of them is a a girl uh, born in Gilead uh, and uh, that finds out that her mother is not her mother, but it was a handmaid. And the third one is a... Uh, a girl in Canada uh which uh who not which um who uh realizes that her mom used to be handmaid. So I, I I really I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good. It was a I think it was a good continuation. I don't think it's as good as The Handmaid's tale. I think it's um the Handmaid's Tale has got you know I like is one of my favorite books and so mm. uh, I had kind of high expectations of this but I I really enjoyed it uh, I it's interesting that uh, the uh, the narrator's chapters uh, are quite long yeah and then they become shorter and shorter and shorter the more the book goes on so i I like okay. that what she did and uh, uh the ending is interesting because um it's kind of an account of what happened but after like uh, because Gilead has fallen mm. and uh it's an account of people reading about Gilead, and I okay. thought that was that was interesting so yeah it's it's a it's a good book, and you know thirty five years later she managed to finish this saga and uh That's um, cool at the end of the book she also which was really nice she um uh, she says thank you for uh, for pushing me to do this book to her readers and uh you know i i'm amazed about the amazing series that uh hulu uh made so she was like praising the series which the i series still need to great. watch yeah i still need to watch it but it's i thought really i thought good. it was um i thought it was really, really good I, it I must be it. true
1: that the the series must have partly Pushed her to do the book finally,
0: yeah, probably, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah.
1: Even though they're oh, not I, the book, the book is very disconnected from the series. I think that the
2: second, yeah. Mm. Well, I when I when I finished *The Handmaid's Tale*, I didn't I didn't expect uh a sequel because it was just like that's what happens and that's. But I think people wanted more, and it's mm. it's you know of course and. um I think you could make another one. Like you could make like she could write another book, like a prequel of Gilead, because that would yeah, be yeah, fa- yeah. fascinating to know exactly. Because in The Handmaid's Tale, she things happen very quickly, but without people noticing.
3: Yeah.
2: And and you go, oh my goodness! But it'd be interesting to know where this comes from. So if if she, I think she ever wrote another book, she should write a prequel. Because.
1: Yeah, I could see that. The series yeah. is the series does episodes where it flashes back to it happening but mm. you never really get a full picture of how it went down exactly. Mm. Um yeah. but some of the, some of the best episodes of the series are where they spend quite a bit of time going into um how different characters reacted to it to Gilead taking over. The great Yeah, cuz I series.
2: Yeah, cuz what what I liked about the book was the fact that it kind of told you in in kind of the the reality of when things happen because you don't really things don't happen like that like usually in films like oh this is what happens a war is gone it's Mm. all very gradual and I and that's I think I think that's what I liked about the first book the fact that it's so you know it could be just related to normal everyday life how things change in a gradual way and suddenly you're in it without Mm. having realized you're in it but um, yeah, I, 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 it's, it, she writes amazingly well and it's really, for me, easy to read her because she's just like, I don't know, I like how she writes. So if um, if you have a few hours to spare, I think it's a good book to read, The Testament.
1: Any other culture catch-up? Uh
2: No, I'm done. I'm done.
1: Shall we go to homework? Yes, please. Okay. Sit down at the back and be quiet. Get out your book because it's time to discuss your homework now. Um, so this last week was our episode on YouTube music videos uh, or music performances. Uh, I really enjoyed that episode, by the way, Alex. I hope it comes out well. Um. But I thought yeah. that, was a, that was a really fun one. Uh, Sister Act was my homework because it was a free homework. That was a point I was getting to. Um, yeah. <laughs> I had to watch the Disney movie Sister Act. Uh, it is a 1992 film, musical comedy. Hang on, yeah, 1992 movie starring Whoopi Goldberg. At, I guess the height of Whoopi Bo- Goldberg's popularity, right? Like the uh, yeah, she's she's amazing. the The poster <laughs> for Sister Act just says Whoopi in massive letters at the top. Like yeah, she she was she was she must have been huge in the early nineties. Um. For good reason. She was. She was in loads of things in the early 90s. Doesn't have any eyebrows. Have you ever noticed that? Look up a photo. Look up a photo right now of Whoopi Goldberg.
2: What, like in the 90s or now?
1: No, at any point in time. Just about.
0: No. Are you crazy? (laughs) Really? Yeah.
2: Is there a reason for not having eyebrows?
1: There is. Do you want to know it?
2: Oh my goodness, she hasn't.
1: Yeah, you've never noticed it, she have hasn't...
2: you? I've never <laughs> noticed she didn't have any eyebrows. Do you know why? No.
0: Because... Ah, I yes, is... yes.
2: Oh my God, I think I know. Okay, let me, let me guess. Is it not something about she burned them off whilst cooking or her
1: grandma was cooking? No, that's not what I've heard. She... Okay. In her own words, in an interview, she said it was because she doesn't like facial hair.
2: Oh, well then, no.
1: Most of us wouldn't consider eyebrows to be facial hair, though, Alex, to be fair.
2: No, absolutely not.
1: (laughs) Uh, But she doesn't like, she said she doesn't like facial hair, so she shaved them off. And then the process of them regrowing was really itchy and uncomfortable. So she's just shaved them off ever since and kept them shaved. So, yeah, which is totally fine. I'm not judging her for it at all. I would think you would end up with rain and sweat and other things getting in your eyes if you didn't have your eyebrows, but apparently she's, she's happy with it, so good, good for her. It, like, you know, literally,
2: it I have her. never <laughs> seen the fact that she hasn't got any eyebrows. Like, I'm, watch, I'm looking at photos of her now and I'm so <laughs> shocked. Yeah. shooketh.
1: Yeah. Um, wow. So, yeah, this film's sister act stars Whoopi Goldberg as a lounge singer called Dolores Van Cartier Yeah, who is the mole to a gangster played by Harvey Keitel. Mm
3: -hmm. Early on
1: in the movie, she sees him have someone murdered. She somehow didn't realise he was a gangster, which is incredible. But she had no idea Mm. he was a gangster, so she runs off and tells the police. They need her to testify at a um, trial, so they put her into witness protection and hide her in a convent in San Francisco. Um there's no, there's no real good reason ever given as to why they decide to do a convent in San Francisco, but it's absolutely fine. It doesn't really matter. It's <laughs> it doesn't kind of matter. Um, it just
2: doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah.
1: So she goes to stay in this convent. The mother superior is played by the always perfect Maggie Smith, who is perfect in yeah. this movie. Um, and you know, it's a cul- It's your classic culture clash comedy, as the sort of worldly lounge singer tries to fit in amongst the uh, kind of a bit more reserved nuns of the convent. Mm. Um, and it all comes to a head when they make her join the choir. She realises the choir is terrible, so she decides to make them better. And in an amazing scene, she makes the choir better in about 45 seconds. Which is brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> um and, yeah, and so, I mean, yeah, so, uh, okay, okay. Uh, it also stars Bill Nunn, who is in Do The Right Thing that I talked about a few weeks ago. He plays the policeman who hides her. He's really good in it. Um, there's sort of, there's, you know, there's a whole series of actresses in it as nuns, but the kind of two main ones after Maggie Smith would be Kathy Najimy, who plays Sister Mary Patrick. Uh, she is from Hocus Pocus. That's what I know her from. Yeah. And uh, yeah. she's she's great in the movie. And Wendy McKenna plays Sister Mary Robert, who's like a training mm-hmm. nun in training. Yeah. Um yeah. it's I watched it again just I watched it before I watched The Girl Next Door the other night, just after I got this news that annoyed me. And uh it was exactly what I needed to take my <laughs> mind off it because it was it was just such a good, fun early nineties comedy. I loved it. Uh, I really, really liked it. It was great. Um, I don't know what else to say.
2: Just It's just fun, isn't it? It's, it's just, just a fun... It's really
1: fun. Whoopi Goldberg Comedy. is so yeah. good in it. She's so charismatic. Yeah. The music... My, my only criticism yeah. would be there's probably only, what, two or three kind of proper musical sequences of mm. the nuns singing. Uh, really well and I'd have loved more of that because that was so the, each of the songs yeah. they sing um, in mass are great yeah. really really good so uh, if anything I just would like more of that but I haven't watched Sister Act 2 yet so I'm assuming I will get more of that in Sister Act 2 no oh what no more <laughs> no. songs what, what are you talking no, about no there
2: are there are songs but not as not as that the much as much as you want you, you always want more with Sister Act 1 and Sister Act 2 uh, fair
1: enough um, but no,
2: it's, it's, yeah, that's all. It's, it's Sister Act. is a great film that has to be watched, feel good. And now that it's on Disney+, Plus, I'm going to watch it again and yeah, again. Yeah.
1: Um, Maggie Smith is really good in it. It's very funny the way that she just, she, she like, the film has to have tension, I suppose. There has to be somebody hmm. opposed to Whoopi Goldberg making the choir better. But there's no, yeah. Maggie Smith, there's no reason for her to, at any point, not like what Mike, Whoopi Goldberg's doing to the choir. She's just making them better singers. It's really funny the way that she, Maggie Smith would be like, "Oh no, this is this is you've this is blasphemy." How is it blasphemy? What are you talking about? It's just well, if you're if
2: you're an old school nun, that's pretty blasphemous. What they're doing, you know, it's oh, a bit maybe, like rocky, just to isn't sing.
1: It? Oh, it's, it? It's very silly that she and also, I mean, it's fine that it's silly. I'm not saying silly in a negative way because it's that kind of movie. But the first time they sing properly in church, and you see loads of people outside, hear the music, and be like, "Oh, I." I think I'd better go to church. That's really funny. Something <laughs> yeah. in the church is full of people. Um,
3: yeah.
1: Yeah, it's great. Uh, Kathy is really good. Wendy Macken is really good as the the sort of two other nuns that she hangs out with. There's a scene where they go they go to a bar and dance. That's really fun. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm glad. I'm really glad you made me watch it finally because um, I, I thought it was really good and I'm definitely going to watch Sister Act 2 uh quite soon and I'll report back on that. I was reading online that Sister Act 2 is generally considered to be quite a lot worse than the first one, but we'll see.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's okay.
1: And they're making Sister Act 3 on Disney Plus.
0: With
2: Whoopi?
1: Whoopi's making it, yep.
2: Is Whoopi in it?
1: Yeah, you can't have Sister Act without Whoopi, can you?
2: Are you are you <laughs> this is like the best news today. <laughs> like the best news.
1: Yeah, I think as recently as, like, November last year, she told, I think, James yeah. Gordon or somebody on a chat show that she was deep into kind of getting Sister Act 3 made. So that seems like it's... It's been confirmed to be a Disney Plus movie, I think. So oh, that'll happen. Yes, that'll please. Come. I feel... I think probably they're going to bring back all the surviving nuns. So Maggie Smith hopefully will be there. Um, Hopefully Kathy Najimy. And, yeah, yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good. Amazing. Amazing. It'll
0: be
2: great!
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Do-
2: Yes, so I uh, so for my free homework, uh, you made me watch the uh, Queen's Gambit. Yes, and um, uh, and it's about this uh orphaned uh girl that uh she's basically uh a prodigy. Well, you figure out, you find out that she's a prodigy. She she gets obsessed with chess and she becomes uh really really good. And uh, that's it. <laughs> sure. So I watched three episodes okay. uh, of it. And I didn't realize it was, it was set in the 1960s. I yeah, had yeah, yeah. no idea. So I was really <laughs> surprised about that. Um, uh, well, I'm obsessed with this show. Are you? It's amazing. All right. Like, <laughs> incredible. I like, told I know you I only watched three episodes. I only I know I've only watched three episodes, but this week I've I've been had really like you know I, I there was too much stuff happening and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know I every time I had a free moment I watched an episode yeah and I'm mesmerized. Well, it stars it stars uh, Anya Taylor Joy oh. and I'm mesmerized by her. Like, what is her face about?
3: It it's amazing. amazing. Have you seen what her anything Creature? Before?
2: I don't think so. Mm. Like I thought I had, but I'm. I don't know. I, maybe it's her short hair. Maybe it's how she does things. And so, so um, I love the fact that there's no. And uh, wait a second. What I'm just checking where she she's Vampire Academy, the witch. Ah, uh, so she was in the witch. That's why I know about her because you talked about the witch. Yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. I've seen her. Oh, she was in Emma, the 2020 Emma.
1: Yes, I kind of want to watch that, but you know, because she's in it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I haven't really seen her in anything. But um so what what I I enjoyed about like the first episode I was like, "What?" It's the fact that like <laughs> things happen. Nothing yeah. is asked, nothing is answered. Uh it's just a natural occurring of things. She sees a chessboard, she falls in love with it. That's it. Yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. it. There's no backstory. Yeah, she's drawn to the, to the chessboard and um, it just the, the tranquilizers are fascinating and how she her facial expression never really changes <laughs> and, but you know she's suffering mm. like when, when the example when, when they stopped giving them tranquilizers and she goes in withdrawal and you know there's something, even the little kid was an amazing actress, It's was like what? Yeah, the little kid I don't was know really if good. Did, like, I don't know if it's their directions or uh I just thought and when she goes in in the in the in the pharmacy and just grabs all those that scene, I was like she's gonna die this kid is gonna die
1: oh is that where they come out of the the cinema room and the, she's standing on that chair with the, yeah, with and the she just jar.
2: basically just eaten <laughs> a handful full of uh, um and like everybody you. Assumed that everybody's going to be a little bit evil, but it turned out they turn out okay. Yeah, broadly. Yeah, because well, at least until the third episode, I, I can't wait to watch more. What happens like up the, to the third
1: episode? Where have you seen? Th-
2: so she has grown up. She's been adopted, and now she has gone to uh, the last episode I watched. She um, lost against the cowboy kid.
1: Right. Okay.
2: Yeah yeah um and she was like ah, she was very mad about it yeah, yeah, and um from moment one when it starts and there's somebody knocking at the door uh the first few scenes and she gets dressed and she's taking a pill and she's down some vodka and then she goes and yeah. you go what's happening what's <laughs> happening and then suddenly she goes in front of this guy it's like i'm sorry and she's late yeah i was hooked Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was totally hooked.
1: It's such a great way to start. And when the series catches up to that moment, it's really good to see like. And I was like, I wanna know
2: what's happening. (laughs) And and it's like, is it gonna go backwards? If it goes backwards, it's gonna be perfect. I went backwards. Like, yes, 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 (laughs) yes, yes. yes. I just I was so excited. And no, I really enjoy it. I think it's really, really good. I love her Anya Taylor joy is amazing. But I also I also like how everybody is not nice, but nice at the same time. Like I said before, the 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 principal of the orphanage. She what she she was just strict, but she's just a nice person yeah, that runs wasn't... an orphanage. Yeah, but yeah, she's yeah, just yeah. a strict person. Like she's not a bad person. I love and the like janitor, her mother,
1: the caretaker of the orphanage. She oh, the
2: janitor is my favorite because it's <laughs> all like, Bruh. and then when he t- when she touches her his shoulder. And oh. when she leaves, I was actually sad. Yeah. For him. Yeah, of course she was. But then she's Yeah. And then uh, um every time like the the pharmacist, the the pharmacist guy, I don't know, I was thinking about nurse Ratchet. Oh, he's gonna turn, he's gonna turn, but he never turned. Yeah, <laughs> it was <yeah>. okay. <laughs> and then um uh yeah, no, I think I think I think he's really good. And I think uh, and the mother, the 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 adopted her, mother. her adopted mother, mm. like she's like, oh, she's gonna, she's gonna, oh, she's gonna do something bad, and then she doesn't, because mm. I thought she was gonna steal her money,
1: yeah, and she just
2: asked for ten percent, and Beth gives her said, now I'm gonna give you fifteen percent, yeah, and oh, and you think that she's bad because uh, she doesn't buy her new clothes, but she doesn't buy her new clothes because she hasn't got the money. You assume yeah. that she has the money, but she hasn't got the money, and it genuinely if genuinely feels like there's some kind of nice friendship between them like a mm. loving friendship yeah and i don't know what's going to happen next but i'm excited and i can i'll finish it by next week and i can talk the, the about the rest next week but i'm Good. so glad you told me to watch it because i was never going to watch it i know it is uh i think my sister yeah recommended it
1: okay
0: no oh i don't know yeah
2: did when? somebody recommend it on? Well, it doesn't matter. I don't think because
1: elite. You mean when they sent in a list? Yeah. Because they did top five British shows as a list. So I don't think that they did. I recommended it to maybe. you. I've mentioned it. How much I liked it. Oh, okay.
0: Maybe maybe yeah.
1: maybe your sister did. I'm not sure. But um. Uh yeah, that's why I said it as the as the free homework choice because I kind of I didn't know you'd definitely like it, but I really wanted you to try it, and I knew that you just wouldn't because it's. Because it's not something you'd think to watch.
2: No, 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 not at all. But then I remember that I used to play chess when I was little Mm. with my sister. Yeah. And like they do certain moves, like when you move the, when you to to like protect your, uh, your uh, queen. Yeah. No, your king.
1: Mm.
2: Which one is the most important, the king, to protect your king?
1: No, isn't the queen the most, I don't know. No, yeah. the, the king's the it's... most important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah. To protect your king, you you can like have your three little pawns at the front, and then you can do a move where you can just swap the the tower with the with the king. Yeah. And so you protect a king in a corner. Mm. And when she did that, I was like, I know that move. That's the only move I know. But yeah, it's <laughs> like, oh, that's cool. Because you, it's like you move two pawns at the same time. Yeah. Or two, two, two. And you and you and usually you can't, but with that movie, you can move too, mm. and she did it. It's like oh, you're you're trying to save your king. well done. no, I like it, and i'm 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 obsessed with her. I love her face, her face is amazing, but one thing I disagree with you from last week oh you said that she the only the only downfall she has is her addiction, yeah, but I don't think that's the only downfall she has. She's really socially awkward. And quite rude. Just because she doesn't, that because of her. But she's, like when she goes, <clears throat> <clears throat> and she doesn't really, like, she doesn't want to, she doesn't, I don't know, she's, there, there's, I don't think it's just her addiction. I think she's, like, actually quite um, bad with interaction with people that she doesn't know.
1: She's not, but I know why you'd think that up to where you've seen
2: ah okay well the, but because then she gets better I don't know maybe but until now I feel like she's a bit awkward
1: fair enough I but think, yeah, you, I I think it. you might revise that opinion once you've watched the rest of it but but well I'll wait until okay. you think next week
2: okay four more <clears throat> episodes to go woohoo
1: yes please Bye. So we're doing our top five this week is a bit different. It's top five examples of food on screen.
2: I feel like before we start, I was really hard not to just put Asian mainly Japanese films in my list because I feel like they represent food so well. Interesting. I don't have our Korean
1: I don't have any examples of Asian cuisine in my list, so I think our lists are gonna be.
2: Okay, because in my opinion, like of films I've watched, uh, Korean, Chinese and Japanese uh, films I've seen, uh, the food is so important and is always portrayed in an incredible way. And uh, food is about family. Food is about uh, interaction. And yeah, so it was really hard to just go, don't go fully Asian,
1: Alex. Fair enough. Um. I'm going to predict that we're going to have one thing in common on our list.
0: I predict not, but let's see.
1: Interesting. I'll be surprised if you've left off the thing I think that you'll have on your list, but we'll see. Okay, Okay. I'll start.
2: Start, please.
1: My number five is Harley Quinn's Perfect Hangover Cure, the Fried Egg Sandwich in Birds of Prey the Harley Quinn movie.
2: Amazing.
1: Yeah. Have you seen that film? I,
2: I have not seen the film, okay. but I have seen The Perfect Egg Sandwich on a YouTube video. Oh,
1: really? Okay. It's great. Yeah. So there's a scene early on where Harley Quinn has a bit of a blowout of a night in a nightclub. And yeah. uh, the next day she goes to this, um, I think it's called Sal's Sal's uh, little shop or something. And she describes while he's making it this perfect egg sandwich Um, that's going to solve all her problems. And it shows him buttering the bread and frying it a little bit and cooking up the egg and popping some cheese on it and a bit of hot sauce and just delivering it to her. And the look of pure joy on uh, Margot Robbie's face when she gets this sandwich is so good. And then um, uh, it's a true tragedy when the sandwich is destroyed and she's unable to eat it. Uh, and it's it's just a great it's a really good scene of food in the movie. I think I really it's really really good, it's really funny, and I love a good egg sandwich. And it just ah, oh, it's perfect. So yeah, so yeah, that's my number five is uh, Harley Quinn's egg sandwich.
2: I'm watching again now while you speak. Buttering <laughs> the bread, she looks in love. Yeah, I don't know. I it came it came into my YouTube feed, feed the other day, and I was like,
1: mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's so good. It's wonderful, um, <laughs> and I just love. Do you like an egg sandwich?
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Who doesn't love a good egg sandwich? Oh, yeah, just yeah. the way the yolk. If you've got it yeah. perfectly, the yolk breaks and the bread absorbs some of the yolk, and oh, oh, it's just gorgeous, wonderful thing. Egg and cheese. Mm. So yeah, and as a hangover mm. cure, there's there's not much that can beat mm. it. Yeah, yeah. What's love your love it? What's your number? Very five?
2: good choice, G. Thank you. Okay, so um, my number five uh, is a film with uh, John Favreau, directed by John Favreau, uh, and uh, it's 2014, Chef. Uh, I don't really have a specific food from this film. I quite like when he cooks the cheese, the grilled cheese. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I think it gives it gives a, like a lot of. Uh, uh, you know, a lot of love just for a grilled cheese that you think, you know, could be um anything. But you could just make it really simply, but he doesn't. And his kitchen is amazing in the film. Like I love the fact that he's got uh um a hot plate mm. and he cooks his grilled cheese on the hot plate and the way he does it and the ingredients he put it and the passion he puts just in this grilled cheese is yeah. amazing. And isn't and it over the I end really... credits
1: it shows you the actual chef that consorted yes, making yes. cheese with him? Yeah, And
2: that's what I like about it because he actually got somebody to actually make things uh, really accurately and tasty and teaching him things. So it's mm. kind of really uh genuine and uh yeah I, I i love it and i you know the food in general in the film is amazing and the passion for the food yeah uh although he's not a real chef he got a real chef to show him how to do things and just like for me it's, i i didn't i didn't think i was going to like this film uh but i really enjoyed it. Uh, Why did you not think you were going to like the, it? Cuz it's just like you just think it's just going to be like a film about somebody cooking i don't know like i love I don't know. There's something about it. I just didn't think I was going to enjoy it. Mm. Maybe it was going to be a little bit. Yeah, we want to open a food truck and that's it. I don't know. Just I didn't think it was going to be so passionate about the food. And I love when films are really passionate about food mm. and uh, show like the, the mastery of cooking, even if it's something uh, really simple and the passion that he has for the food and how angry he is when somebody goes against him because, you know
1: yeah he's well, a chef and chefs yeah.
2: are angry people <laughs> that's true and uh yeah they are uh but but i i don't know i didn't well maybe i didn't think i was going to enjoy it that much but i just i just love uh everything about it and uh yeah grilled cheese sandwich in chef is pretty amazing the cubanos look pretty good as well
1: what about the scene where yeah. he makes scarlett johansson that sexy pasta
2: yeah. Ah oh, yeah, the sexy pasta. I forgot about the sexy pasta. Oh I'll
1: never forget yeah. about that.
2: I've bought the sexy pasta.
1: Cool, cool, cool. Uh that's awesome. Chef is is a great movie and I love the way that they shoot food in that film. It's good stuff.
0: Okay. My number four <laughs> is um
1: from the classic American crime drama on, uh, I think it was an HBO show, The Sopranos.
2: Oh, nice. Yeah,
1: which is a great show for food, but in particular, I've always enjoyed uh, what I think they call the gabagool in The Sopranos.
2: The gabagool? The gabagool. What's
1: that? What is that? It's um, It's called something different in Italy. It's like an Italian-Americanism, I think. Let me look it up.
0: Uh,
1: Capicola, capicola,
2: ah, capocollo,
1: capicola, yeah. capocollo. Um, mm. ha- has become uh, over time that word has become in a, in America turned into the word gabagool for some reason. So in mm. in the Sopranos they always talk about the gabagool and it's just um cured meat, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Because in Italian you would say capocollo, and then yeah. uh, in 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 then depending on your accent you would say capocol. And then and then he goes to America and he got, becomes Gabagool. 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 So
1: uh, there's loads of scenes in The Sopranos, And they're always my favorite scenes of Tony just at home wearing either a dressing gown or a big tracksuit, an all-in-one tracksuit. And he'll just go into his fridge and pull out a, tr- a big tray of cold meats and just start eating them. And I was always like, I want to live in a massive house and just have a fridge full of, <laughs> full of cured meat that I can just yeah. eat whatever I want. And whenever I visited <laughs> you in Italy, the highlight of the trip has always been eating uh huge platters of, of 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 the gabagool. Um The
2: gabagool.
1: The gabagool. <laughs> and it also created uh an iconic moment in another TV show at the American Office where Michael Scott is trying to impress an Italian American client and they go to an, a, an Italian restaurant for lunch and he just says, I'll have the gabagool. And the waitress is like, <laughs> the, what's that, sir? The gabagool. And he just starts screaming gabagool at her. And it's it's very funny. Um, so, yeah, I love I, I, I'm I a big fan of uh, that style of Italian cuisine and the gabagool in The Sopranos always looks incredibly delicious and wonderful. So, um. I haven't even watched The Speranos in years. It's like the main thing I remember from it is the uh, the meat that Tony would eat. So yeah, that's my thing. So there you go.
2: Cabagool. Awesome.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> What's your number four?
2: My number four. My number four is a ninety-nine. Is from the 1991. I can't even say it anymore. Uh, my number four is from 1991's film directed by Steven Spielberg. Hook. Uh. And the food is uh when uh it's the feast uh, they have in Never Neverland. Mm-hmm. Uh when uh they have to use their imagination and there's nothing there. They just uh, had a fight. Um uh Rucchio. is his name Rufio. Rufio? No. Rufio. Rufio Yeah, Rufio, Rufio. Rufio and Peter Pan just had a, uh, you know, an argument uh who was the coolest because you know Peter Pan is old now but uh they um uh they start this feast and all the children around the table start you know uh, getting all this food on their on their on their plates and then they're like oh you can't see it but use your imagination and then there's nothing there and then suddenly the most colorful creamiest uh, steamiest food comes out and it's beautiful it's Mm. just like I've always wanted to eat that and I still would love to just put my face in some of that food because it just looks deliciously wrong and amazing it looks like delicious pasta
1: scene or play-doh or something
2: yeah but just like it's just going to be really delicious and yeah I just love that scene and I love that food scene it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Beautiful.
1: Yeah. Mm. Hook is a, an underrated movie, in my opinion. I really liked Hook when I was growing I lo- up.
2: I love, I love Hook. Yeah, yeah, Why yeah. is it
1: underrated? Because loads of people think it's terrible, mainly.
2: <laughs> oh, you, just, you, just, you, what? you just told me the worst thing in the world.
1: <coughs> it's not remembered as a classic Steven Spielberg film. It's remembered as one of his misfires.
2: No, that's that's you just have to like don't say that ever again. Okay. Not in this podcast.
1: I mean, I'm not saying it's my a... opinion. I like it. Dustin Hoffman's book. Bob <laughs> Hoskins is Smee. Robin Williams obviously is Peter Pan. Um, yeah. Maggie Smith is in there, right? Maggie Smith's in it, isn't she? Is the original Mary? She owns the, runs the orphanage.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um. Oh, not Mary. Wendy. Sorry. Um.
2: Wendy. Julia Roberts is um the little elf.
1: Uh, Tinkerbell.
2: Tinkerbell. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I, 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 don't, oh, I just love that film and I just yeah. I don't know. I, I have
1: beat oh
2: and that love food scene is the best scene.
1: It, yeah, because it looks so I mean it does it does just look like plasticine or whatever, but it, it, it looks delicious. Like the way they yeah. the way it appears on the plates and then they start throwing each other, it's such a good scene. It's great. No, it's a good choice. I yeah. I, yeah. I suspected you were gonna put that on, so I'm glad you did. Why? Because you you've you talked before about how much you like it, to uh, me. Yeah, I yeah.
2: love that film. Um, cool. Yeah. So that's your
1: number
2: What's
1: four. What's your number three? My number three is, nice and simply, it's, it's a classic. You'll know this. It's milk steak boiled over hard with a side of jelly beans. <laughs> it's... <laughs> It's from Always Sunny in Philadelphia.
2: Oh, yeah. okay.
1: Uh, it's, <laughs> um, it's, you never actually see it physically on screen, so it's a bit of a cheat in a way. But there's um, a yeah. character called Charlie in Always Sunny in Philadelphia who is uh, kind of the kind of that TV show's wild card, strange character. And there's an amazing episode where they're trying to help him make an online dating profile. <laughs> and he like when they ask him what his likes are he says ghouls and they're like what do you mean ghouls and he's like you know ghouls little ghouls they run around and stuff like that it's so strange and when they ask him what is what, what what to put under favorite food he describes his favorite meal as a milk steak boiled over hard with a side of jelly beans which obviously is nonsensical but it's just such a I love the I I think that it, if you're trying to come up with an a non-existent weird dish I think that that description of a meal is so weirdly evocative. It just makes me laugh so much. Like, and the, the a side of jelly beans, boiled, like what does boiled over hard mean? That doesn't mean anything, does it?
2: But boiled over hard what?
1: I don't know. Boiled you know, boiled <laughs> over milk steak. So milk steak is, and there's a, there's a YouTube channel called Binging with Babish that I use to uh, research yeah. today's episode. And I think there's an episode where he tries to make milk steak uh, by boiling steak in milk, and obviously it's disgusting. <laughs> um, and there's another ser- There's another episode where he goes on a date, I think, or he goes to a restaurant, and he just says, he just says, I'll, he says something like, "Oh, I'll, I'll have the milk steak." <laughs> it's so, it's it, yeah, I don't know. It makes it me sounds so
2: disgusting. Much.
1: It does sound <laughs> disgusting. But um, for me, when I think about film in uh, like TV, uh, sorry, when I think about food on screen and stuff like that even though you never actually see it, one of the first things that always comes to my mind is Charlie's favourite dish. So that's my number That's my number yeah. three pick. Milk steak boiled over hard with a side of jelly beans. Try it.
2: Boiled over hard? Like, what does that mean? Like, are you going to boil the steak in milk? Yeah. That sounds disgusting. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: it does.
2: Wow. Wow. Cool, man. Sounds amazing. Yeah. My number three. Okay. My number three uh, was really hard because I knew I wanted to put this director in because I know I'm uh, now. uh, If you've been listening to us for a while, you know I'm obsessed with this director. Mm -hmm. One of the directors I'm obsessed with, and I love how he portrays food on camera. And the director is Quentin Tarantino. Okay. (laughs) I just love how he does food. I love how, uh, how he does really. I don't know. Every everything is about food is really thought of and clever. Mm. But which film would I choose? I don't know. Uh so <laughs> uh, I chose um uh pop fiction. Okay. Uh, and uh, uh when the she has the milkshake, the Ooh. $5 milkshake
1: yeah yeah
2: yeah i love that moment so she orders this milk so they go to this incredible diner and they um well they uh so um i forgot her name their names um what are their names
1: well uma thurman and john travolta are the actors i don't oh
2: yeah i could just say human yeah human thurman and john travolta go to this diner mm. which is an incredible diner it's like uh old uh it's got um
1: is it called Jack Rabbit Slims am i remembering that right yeah
2: something like that uh, Slims. Da, da, da. yeah and uh they go in here and it's like they the the tables are cars vintage cars and the waiters are uh, old uh movie stars and uh they they order their their burgers and even how they order their burgers like it's i don't know it's just amazing how it i just always find found diners fascinating it's, the and burger... in Pulp Fiction, it's like diner hmm?
1: is it called a big kahuna burger
2: no, the big Kahuna burger is uh, when Samuel Jackson sti- uh, gets eats this burger when he um, he says his famous words in the in the guy's apartment. Right. That's okay. The big kahuna
1: right, burger. right. 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 Okay.
2: And that's and that's the thing. I had to choose between like if I I personally think that Pub Fiction is an incredible uh, film about loads of different foods for example when uh tim roth is in the diner and they're having breakfast in the diner then after they kill the um, that guy in the car john travolta and samuel jackson go and have breakfast in Mm. the diner and i don't know it's just for me it's just like
1: and there's that whole conversation about how mcdonald's in europe is different to mcdonald's in america yeah and then about the
2: pie the um that She wants a piece of pie uh it's just for me that film is all about food, but so i had to I knew I wanted to put far fiction yeah, and yeah, I had yeah. to choose a scene but I love the moment where they're in this diner and uh, there's the burger coming yeah. and uh, she tries the the milkshake and she just snorted a line of cocaine and then she comes and she just looks and she just has this gulp of um of five dollar milkshake and it just she makes it look like the best milkshake ever. And I've always wanted to drink that milkshake because it's just like, <laughs> like something has, I don't know. And she has the, the milkshake, has this cherry that she plays with. I just, I just love that scene. And but I love the milkshake, the $5 milkshake. Because John Travolta is like, what did they put the $5 milkshake? Because it's expensive.
1: It's funny because now that's, that's like how much a milkshake hmm? would cost in 2021. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's a milkshake. But uh, I just, uh, yeah, and they eat these burgers and how they eat them. It's amazing. And she doesn't even finish her burger because, you know, she's high and stuff. But yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, it's just a beautiful, but that film as food. <laughs> yes, and coffee, food and coffee. Like I just, every time I see that film, I watch that film. I want to drink a cup of coffee and have some kind of diner food.
3: Mm. Yeah. But...
2: And that's, yeah. So, uh, yeah.
0: Humer Thurman's five dollar milkshake.
1: I like it, Alex. It's a good choice.
2: Also, sorry, it's the first time that I knew. I know. I've, I I saw somebody ordering a rare burger because, like, in Europe you don't. Well, at least in Italy they don't sell you rare bar- burgers because it's bad. Like, you can't have a rare burger. You shouldn't really, really cook like,
1: minced beef. In any yeah, other way than
2: rare,
1: yeah, you shouldn't cook mince. Well rare. done, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. But in there, they in, in that film they have like rare burgers. You go, What? And so, as a, as a like European kid, you go, Rare, oh, <laughs> that's, that's disgusting. A, that is a in, weird one. in America, in America, they have rare burgers, Bizarre. which is wrong because it's really <laughs> bad.
1: I don't know why, but, but when you just then when you said, oh, it's also the first time. I thought you were about to say it's the first time that a milkshake has been shown in a film and I was going to be like, no, it's not Alex. What are you talking about? I don't know why I thought you were going to say Don't assume what I want to say, George. <laughs> just in my head, I was like, are about to say that milkshake hasn't been in cinema before? Anyway. um, <clears throat> All right, my number two then. Yeah. My number two is um, from similar to your Quentin Tarantino thing, I, uh, I mean, we've spoken before about how much I love the TV show Twin Peaks.
2: Oh yeah, I knew you were going to put it in.
1: Yeah. Yes. So the way that they, the way that David Lynch uh, describes and talks about food and drink in Twin Peaks is iconic in in a similar way to how Quentin Tarantino does it. Um, so I had to have Twin Peaks represented in there, and rather than go with something obvious like uh, damn fine coffee or you know, bacon and eggs and stuff. I went for one of my favorite scenes in all of Twin Peaks when Ben and Jerry Horn eat bread, um, no, sorry, brie and butter baguettes that Jerry has brought back from France. Do you <laughs> yeah. Remember that scene? You've seen that, haven't you?
3: Yeah. <laughs> and and just he he brings more.
1: in these massive baguettes. <laughs> and this is ben-, ben Horn runs the hotel in Twin Peaks, and Jerry Horn is his brother who's just come back from a trip, a business trip to France. And he brings in these huge, baguettes that are all they've got on them is butter and brie which is such a basic <laughs> filling and yeah he's he's waving this baguette around and he's hitting it and he's like this is amazing you've got to try this ben and he gives one to ben and they both start eating it and they're not eating it like you would eat a baguette they're eating it like down the the middle and they've, yeah. they've got yeah. they've got their mouths full of bread and cheese and they're just continuing the scene and having this conversation. With completely full mouths, and it's one of my favorite things ever in 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 anything. I love the the, the uh, brie and butter baguette scene in Twin Peaks, and also butter, good, brie, good, a baguette, good. That is an amazing thing to eat. I would happily yeah. have a brie and butter baguette. So yeah, yeah, that's my number two for yeah. Amazing. Thanks.
2: That is amazing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I love that scene. It's like, how is he eating a baguette? That's not how you eat a baguette. <laughs> uh, cool. So my number two. So my number two is my first of my two Japanese entries. Okay. Uh, so my number two is from a series uh, called, and I spoke about this before because I watched the film, and uh, the series is called Shinya Shokudo and the in in english midnight diner and all the food is amazing in this so the series um is about um every episode has got a uh, like a storyline of somebody and this person um has a, a food associated to them so for example like you know they want to order uh, something and his the motto of the master the guy that works in the um, in the in the diner, mm. he says, "If I have the ingredients, I'll cook whatever you want." So every every episode has got uh, somebody that orders something different. Yeah, and um, I was trying to figure out which ones made me like kind of like I don't know. All the food is quite nostalgic because it's quite traditional Japanese food. But the one that there is one recipe that I'd never tried before, and I tried it at home <clears throat> uh, after watching the episode is uh, uh, hamakatsu, mm. which is. Uh, you know, katsu is like usually like the pork cutlet, yeah. Uh, uh, that is bread in breadcrumbs and deep fried. Yeah. But this one, well, yeah. Uh, it, this is ham katsu. If a little bit poorer, or if you don't have, you know, if you don't have the ingredients, and you do the same thing, so you bread a piece of ham with like egg. And, oh, and I've had ca- yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, and then you like you you um you put panko and then you deep fry it mm. and it's amazing yeah after watching that episode i was like i need to eat it and i made it and it was so good so it's called ham katsu mm. and ah, uh, it's is amazing but the the entire the entire soul of the series is food and what food does to people and what because you know food is amazing and uh the, the memories that uh, an old dish could bring and uh there's always potato salad which that's my go-to food when i go to a to our favorite bar in Kanazawa, mm. and uh, you know, potato salad is a staple Japanese potato salad. Uh But yeah, and so it's 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 really really good, and um I would it's a it's a good food program. Yeah. So every every episode's got food.
1: I was just thinking because you said that katsu is normally like the pork cutlet or fillet, but to Westerners, yeah. katsu now is almost like a a synonym for Japanese curry. Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah. Like katsu, yeah. katsu in the UK is always chicken katsu curry. Yeah, which is uh, which is yeah. interesting because yeah, obviously when in Japan often it is yeah, or well it's katsu is like the breaded pork fillet. Yeah, which is delicious. <clears throat> so yeah, good choice. So good. And but I yeah. think I've had a ham katsu. I think I've had that in a sandwich. I think that's when I've had that. Hmm.
2: Yeah, maybe it's, it's nice. it is possible. Yeah, but yeah. It's so good. But any time I watch that program, that series, I just get hungry and I just want to go to a bar in Japan and drink beer and eat food. Fair. Yeah. Very
1: fair. Um, What's your number one? My number one is a nostalgic pick from my childhood. It is the enormous chocolate cake, which Bruce Bogtrotter has to eat uh, in the classic Roald Dahl um, adaptation Matilda, yeah, yeah.
2: I uh, yeah. That's what that's my first honorable mention. Oh, is it? I, is that the one that you thought we were going to have the same?
1: Um, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Oh, it's the it's the best, isn't it?
1: It is so oh. good. Um, that chocolate yeah. cake looks delicious, and just it's just an iconic scene, and it's just again it links the food in so well with the theme of the movie because it really is. Mm an amazing way of showing what a horrible torturer um, the Trunchbull is, the way she forces Bruce Bogtrotter to eat this entire enormous chocolate cake and the way they film the chocolate cake from, I think they film it from like beneath Mm. to make it look bigger and bigger and they bring it in on this enormous, they get this tiny lady to bring it in on this enormous platter. And, um, it, and it's and it's also it's such a good thing for a children's book because it's it feels like when you read it you're like oh getting to eat an entire chocolate cake that would be lovely i'd love to eat an entire chocolate cake <laughs> but then when you see it especially in the movie it just looks awful oh, it's so, awful.
2: <laughs> it's so big isn't it
1: yeah and it just turns also
2: because the person that carries it is so little yeah
1: yeah, exactly, and it turns what it turns what should be a lovely thing into a nightmare. And um, yeah, in a way, a lot of a lot of Matilda is that it's turning what should be a really nice thing, going to school is meant to be good,
3: hmm.
1: into yeah. a horror show because of the trunchbull. And uh, that's yeah. you know partly what inspires Matilda and Miss Honey to fight back against that. And yeah, yeah, I love it. the The chocolate cake scene in Matilda is is a is a classic. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool man. Cool beans. What's your number one?
2: My number one, I'm sorry, is Don Matilda. But my number one, of course, is going to be a Ghibli film.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, I went to I in I, I went to the Ghibli. Well, I'm obsessed with Ghibli. But I went to a Ghibli, the Ghibli Museum in Tokyo about five times now. Mm. And one time, I was so lucky that there was the food exhibition. And you could go in the little places. In the little like house. So there, there was like Totoro's house. And you could like. There was like the plastic food. Because in Japan plastic food is massive. And there was like the food from the the from the film. And there was like f- there was like food. Like the plastic food from the films. And I was just like. I had an out of body experience. Because for me Ghibli represents food. In the most iconic way possible. But I think anime just does that. Mm. Um, so I'm. I I love it and uh, but I had to choose from a Ghibli movie and I think uh, I'm gonna go for the breakfast in uh, Howl's Moving Castle when they have breakfast, and uh, there's a scene where uh, house is cooking breakfast, and he's uh, breaking the eggs with one hand, and the bacon is cooking in it, and uh, is giving is giving the eggshells to uh, the the fire, mm. and it's just a beautiful scene. And then one of, uh, like the boy, what's his name? I need to remember his name. Well, yeah. What well, the boy? Could you can't remember his name? He's just eating it like there's no tomorrow, and how he's eating is incredible because he's famished. I just, yeah. It just, I, I had to choose that one because I, 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 when I saw it at the exhibition, I was like, oh my God, it's so beautiful. And it's just food is just amazing how it's cut and how it's cooked and the sound. is like this weird, like SMR asm asmr kind of like oh beautiful it's just a beautiful beautiful scene of uh food and eating
1: <clears throat> nice yeah ghibli do uh draw food in a way that makes it look so much more delicious than it ever could be in real life so yeah agreed good pick good pick for number one i like it so thank you i'll run down my list one thank more time you. Yeah, I've got the in number five. I've got the egg sandwich from Birds of Prey. In number four, I've got the gabagool from The Sopranos. <laughs> in number three, milk God. steak boiled over hard with a side of jelly beans from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Number two, brie and butter baguettes from Twin Peaks, and number one, the chocolate cake from Matilda.
2: Excellent. I'm hungry now. Yes. Uh, my top five and my number five: grilled cheese from Chef. Number four, the uh, fantastic, beautiful uh, food feast uh, in uh, from Hook. Mm. Uh, my number three, the $5 shake in Pulp Fiction*. In, from Pulp Fiction. Uh, my number two, um, uh, hamkatsu from Shinya Shokudo, but pretty much all the food on there. And my number one, uh, the breakfast in Howl's Moving Castle.
1: Nice. Cool yes so i've got a i've got a handful of honorable mentions um starting with the cubano sandwiches from chef which we've talked a little Mm. bit about but um i would love to try one of those sandwiches one day they look so delicious
2: i i I want yeah that's one thing that after watching that film it's like i want to go to miami and i want to eat some cubanos (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) yeah completely (laughs) um all of the food in the Lord of the Rings movies always looks delicious. Yeah. Um, when yeah. they're talking about breakfast and then Elevenses and then second breakfast and all of that stuff is. Great. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah, Lord of the Rings is great with food. Or oh, Hook, which we've talked about. Yeah. The ramdon in Parasite is an iconic food scene now for me. Oh she yes. Has to suddenly make that yes. ramdon with that really cheap, those really cheap noodles combined with the really expensive yeah. uh, steak. Great scene. Uh, speaking of steak. The Steak in the Matrix.
0: Oh, yes. When he's yes. talking about
1: how he knows it's not real, but it it tastes yeah. real to him, and it's what's convincing mm. him he wants to turn on the crew and mm. stuff. That's such an amazing scene with Joe Pantigliano in that movie, talking about st- that steak. Um, yeah. From Captain America Civil War, when Vision and Scarlet Witch are making chicken paprikash together, and Vision is trying to work out what a pinch of paprika is and stuff. Do you remember that scene? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, actually, I don't.
1: But it's really, it's a great because it's early on, and it's one of those, it's one yeah. of those great scenes of the Vision and Scarlet Witch bonding or Wonder bonding, where she's really upset because she's had to go into hiding because of this accident in Lagos. um, mm. and he's trying to cheer her up by making her favorite dish for her, but she's not really getting it, um, so so she comes in and helps, and it's a it's a good scene. I like the the Papukesh scene mm. is good. Uh, Harry Potter, again, some of, of the rings, just all the food and drink in Harry Potter always looks amazing, particularly Butterbeer. Um uh, the pasta from Chef, which we talked about. The Los Polos Hermanos Chicken in Breaking Bad. Yes please. Yeah. Uh, and also Breaking awesome. Bad's obsession with breakfast food is wonderful. Um Shits have you ever watched Shits Creek?
2: No, you keep saying I should and I I will. I like
1: it. But there's a a great scene where uh, the son and the mother are trying to make dinner together and they're going through this recipe and they're making enchiladas and she's reading out the instructions to him and she says, um, right, now fold the cheese into the mixture. And he's just like, fold the cheese into the mixture. What does that mean? She's like, fold the cheese into the mixture. Fold the cheese. And he's like, what do you mean? Fold it over like a piece of paper and put it in? What do you mean? (laughs) She's just like, I can't tell you everything. (laughs) He's like, well, tell me one thing. Tell me this one thing. What does that mean? And neither of them are able to just cook a simple meal together. It's so funny. Um, uh, the chocolate bananas from the banana stand in the rest of development. Uh, Mark's Moroccan pasta in <laughs> Peep Show, which is just pasta <laughs> with baked beans and lettuce. Because <laughs> <he's not> <laughs> food. That sounds <laughs> gross. <And> he, somebody, <laughs> uh, somebody tells him, it's, somebody's like, this, this isn't Moroccan pasta, it's just pasta with lettuce and beans. And he goes, he says, I don't want to call you a racist at my own dinner party, but I think you'll find there's a bit more to it than that. There's not. That's all it is. <laughs> it's so good. Rachel's trifle in Friends.
0: Oh, yes.
1: Yes. <laughs> the layer of yes. bolognese <laughs> that uh, Joey thinks is good. Um, and yeah. then, again, another one where it's just a general recommendation for the whole thing is Bob's Burgers.
2: Oh, yeah. Bob's Burgers, yeah. Um,
1: Bob's passion for his burgers in that show is, is wonderful. So there
2: you go, that's my honorable mentions. Yeah. Good, good honorable mentions. Cheers. Um, my honorable mentions, there's uh, the cake in Matilda, the chocolate cake. You talked about it, that's the best scene and best mm. like you just want to eat that chocolate cake. Yeah, you just want to put your face in it. Without even like no hands, just face. <laughs> um <laughs> all the face in it. And then um there's Strudel from Inglorious Bastards. Mm. When uh, they eat the apple strudel, I just oh, it just looks amazing and delicious. It's like a, a frightening scene, but that strudel mm uh, looks incredible. Uh, all the desserts in Marie Antoinette, okay, the film, yeah, ah, uh, it's just beautiful. I just I'm not even that into the dessert, but it's pretty good. Um, uh, the fish sandwich, the little fish sandwich in Our Little Sister. Uh, uh, you know yeah, when they yeah, have yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh, just I want to go there and eat it. And then uh, this series is called Salary man Kantaro, which is a Japanese series. And is about this man that loves eating uh, desserts. And my favorite uh, were these uh, chocolate eclairs. Because he's like literally in heaven eating these chocolate eclairs. And uh, after watching the series, uh, I... I went to Tokyo and I found the cafe and I went to eat the chocolate eclairs that he, that he ate. And they were incredible. So wow. I've got like, because oh, it goes to actual
1: cafes, yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. a series. I think it's have it. shown places. me I've it before. I've seen it.
2: Yeah. And I felt I'd never had such a good chocolate eclair. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was beautiful. Incredible. Uh, and then uh, in a, uh, the pies in, in Waitress. All of the pies. Have you ever seen the film Waitress? No, I've not.
1: I've read about, I've read, I saw that on a list that when I was researching it, but I haven't seen Waitress.
2: Ah, uh, uh, It's an amazing film, really funny. But the pies, uh, I, that film made me want to eat an American pie because I never had American pie because they're totally different to any, like our pies are like, you know, pies. Yeah. But their pies are like pastry, but all of the rest is like thick, filling with stuff on top I don't know it looks amazing Mm -hmm. Uh, and then uh, the beef bourguignon from Julie and Julia
1: again I've not seen that I don't know what that is
2: (laughs) and I know I put in number one uh, Ghibli but I think all the Ghibli food is amazing and I had to put it in my list and I think all the Ghibli food is
1: incredible Cool. nice good stuff Good stuff, good stuff, good Thank stuff.
2: Thank you. Good, good stuff. Yeah.
1: So, uh, homework time. Um, you're going to be watching uh, Birds of Prey, the Harley Quinn movie.
2: Yeah, definitely. I'll watch that. Okay, cool. No problem.
1: Good, good, good. What about I me? think
2: you have to watch Shinya Shokudo.
1: Shinya Shokudo.
2: Midnight Diner.
1: Is that on Netflix?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, from
2: season one. They're like 20-minute episodes.
1: You've talked about it a lot and I've never watched it, so that's fine. That's cool. I'll watch some Midnight Diner. Thank you very much.
2: Thank you. Would you recommend anything uh, that you watched this week?
1: Uh, yeah, I would recommend everyone go and watch the incredible, iconic TV show 24. Now it's on Disney+.
2: And I would recommend to probably watch Division if you haven't watched already watched it. It's really good. Mm. And The Testament by Margaret Atwood. Cool. cool.
1: Thank you so much for joining us today, everyone. It's been a pleasure and a delight as always. Um, next time... We're going to be going back into YouTube because we enjoyed that so much uh, last week, and this time we're going to be going into the world of music videos. So it's not necessarily YouTube specifically, but we're going to be entering the world of of music videos and giving our top five music videos of all time, which is going to be exciting because it's a lost art and it's a wonderful thing, which Adam Buxton can attest to. Oh, because I know he likes. It. I
2: love music videos. I love
1: a good music video for sure. So that's going to yeah. be really fun to research. Um, I can't wait. Um, and then.
0: That's it. That's us. That's us for this week. It's been
1: wonderful. Thank you so much <laughs> yeah. for joining us. Um, oh, just just a little side note. Uh, we hit 1,000 downloads this week, um, which is good.
2: That's amazing. What?
1: So our total, our total lifetime downloads are at 1,000 now, which I'm pretty... Uh, I'm, thank you. Thank you so much to everyone who's been listening and downloading. I think that's pretty good for... 20 That's we've put out I think 23 episodes so far mm. is when we're recording so I think a thousand downloads out of 23 episodes is, is is, you know is, is good I'm happy with that uh we'd love to grow the podcast so please 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 go and find us on Apple Podcasts and other places and rate and review us we really truly would appreciate it um mm. yes, please. we've already got a lovely review on Apple Podcasts from Emma which is which was really nice to read and uh we'll shout out anyone oh. else who gives us a review as well um please Thank you, Emma. do that and uh, join us on social media. Join the conversation. Send us your top fives. Any top fives we've done, send us any of those top fives to our, to our Instagram page or our email and we'll, uh, we'll read them out on the podcast. So please send in your top fives and uh, follow us on all the social media channels. The links to all of those are in the show notes for this and every episode. And um, yeah, please join us. It's, it's a pleasure. So yeah, thank you so mm. much.
0: Love thank you. you. Bye. Bye.